Hi, everyone, and thank you for tuning into the Sheila Zielinski Show. This is going to be an incredible show. Well, listen, I want to jump right into the show, and this is a powerful show. Erica Shepard, I'll tell you what, she is a very good friend of mine. She's a powerhouse minister. She is one of the very few women in ministry that I know that is a powerful deliverance minister. And when I say deliverance minister, a lot of people say, why do you say deliverance minister? We're ministers that do deliverance. Because you know what? A lot of ministers just don't do deliverance. So Erica, when I talked to you the other day, I asked you to join me on my Sunday prayer call. And we had a conversation off air a few times in the week. And you, thank you very much for, you know, coming on the the prayer call, because I think my SWAT prayer leaders were just so blessed to have you on that. I had you come on and pray because we were talking about this topic. And I love the show title you came up with, and we kind of bounced an idea, and I think the blood cries out of George Floyd's death was actually a very good topic. We're talking about generational pain. We're talking about, and I touched on this on my prayer call, of shouldering the burdens of the past. You know, a lot of this stuff is four or five hundred years of grief that we're seeing manifesting today. You know, my family is Native American Indian. And, you know, you look at the massacre that reverberated through the minds and hearts of the Lakota survivors and their descendants and that trauma. Look at the Native American children that were dispatched to these boarding schools. You know, it is just absolutely a horror story with more than a thousand miles from their families, their tribal communities, the trauma, the, you know what I call it, Erica, the cumulative emotional and psychological wounding. You know, and then now we springboard and see the supernatural spiritual insurgents tearing up neighborhoods. I'm right in the hotbed in L.A. I mean, we've had every single day we've had we get a text message and they say, oh, the curfew started. Guess what? Oh, it's three o'clock. You can't go to the bed. I mean, it is absolutely frightening that I find myself in this zombie zone. But it's not just the American Indians. I mean, look at that. You're a powerhouse black woman from the South. And I'm telling you, Erica. It is just amazing when you look at the intergenerational responses to this kind of trauma. It includes this self-destructive behavior, the depression, the the numbing, the, the psychic numbing, the anger, the mortality rates. We're talking about premature death. And look at all the, you know, there's about twice the rate for the general United States population. Do you know, like, for example, I mean, I've just, I'm just using the Lakota mortality rates for heart disease and a lot of diseases. Do you know, to this day, they have twice the rate for the general United States population of diseases, infirmities, oppression. I mean, I could go on and on all day, but Erica, again, cumulative emotional and psychological wounding. I think that is one of the major things. But Erica, when you talk to me, when you first phoned me at midnight, she woke me up. I phoned her the next night at three o'clock in the morning to pray for something. And I, I thought, oh no, I'm three hours earlier in the West Coast. And I phoned Erica thinking it was, you know, midnight. And I turns out it was three o'clock in the morning, almost the time of her show. So anyway, Erica, listen, I wanted, you touched on a little bit with the prayer group and thank you for that, but talk about what God showed you in this incredible revelation that God gave you. I find this amazing. So buckle up folks, Erica, jump right into it, please. I'll just hand you the mic. Okay. I'm about to point all of that out to you in living color right now. So, and I, and you can go and watch it if you, you got to find it. So I'm watching the TV and I'm doing my work at the same time. And the Holy Spirit stopped me and said, turn around, sit in front of the TV I have in the sanctuary, and look at this. So I stopped. What I saw is this. 
George Floyd. Number one, his name is George Floyd. He got two first names, George Floyd. Right. Their last name is a first name, which is an indication to me that there's Native American blood in their family line. So I looked at the guy's picture. Then his brother, his brother, his younger brother from New York was down there, and they said his brother is going to the place where he was murdered. Okay. What actually happened, they have turned the place where he died into um, a memorial, they call it. But it's like a, sh a shrine or altar. And the exact spot where he died, they have in white chalk, uh, e uh, like an effigy. Like they have outlined on the ground the exact spot where he died. His brother went to the exact spot where he died. And I noticed that he sat where his brother's head was and where the man with his knee on his neck was. And then he let out the most horrific howl and growl. And in the spirit, what was happening is the soul of George Floyd manifested in his brother. And his brother started talking to him and saying, Big Papa and somebody is going to take care of, of us, of me. I didn't get all the words, but it was not the younger brother. It was the soul and the demon from George Floyd talking to his brother on national TV. And then the brother got up with the spirits from George Floyd in him, and he said, what do you all want? What do you want? Then the guy's spirit kicked back in and he said, my family wants peace. My family is a very religious family. Wow. That makes sense. That makes sense. It had to have been the younger brother. And when he was howling, and you would have to hear this howl on TV, that is when the soul transference took place and all the demons from his brother, familiar spirits, entered into him. It's on TV. Remember the Bible says that when God was coming to Cain, he said, your brother's blood cries out. The last thing that happened to George Floyd is his nose started bleeding. He started hemorrhaging from the nose. He peed on himself. You could see the urine. You could see the urine run out, and that's what happens when you die. But his nose was hemorrhaging, and his blood sunk into that ground. And God said, your brother's blood cries out. But this brother, if you talk to this brother, if there's a way to talk, I bet you he knows what happened. He was in, a, he was in the same trance state that people go into when you take them through deliverance. And the soul becomes bigger than, than, the, than the flesh. And the, and the body is used because it has a voice. Because spirits must have a body to work through. They must have a body. The Bible says it is appointed unto a man 120 years. Now they say that George Floyd talked about God and people liked him. He, was, he, he had favor. But he also was some kind of misfit. I don't know what kind. But God always uses the black sheep. Always. Wow. He always uses the peculiar person. I believe that George Floyd was born to be martyred. I believe that there was something in his spirit that God had there from the beginning of eternity, right? Because there's no way, no other way except 
that something deeply spiritual was in him. Now, something else. I have taken a lot of people to deliverance with the spirit of the Nephilim. And there are a couple things that I, I made note of. And when I looked in his eyes, he was a big man. When I looked in his eyes, everybody that I take to deliverance with the spirit of the Nephilim is their eyes and their face. And I looked into his brother's face, and they had it. Because remember, our ancestry goes all the way back to Adam. So everybody is from one of those 12 tribes. You know, you just take your time and, uh, and search it. I saw the effigy is on the ground. It's on the ground. And the brother came all the way from New York. He said he had to go. He said he had to go to the place where his brother was murdered, where his brother died, and where he didn't say this, but biblically, where his blood was crying out. Wow. You see, the Jews have a belief, and they, that's why they bury each other so fast. But the Jews have a belief that the soul can linger for three days. And that's what God wanted me to do. He wanted me to use the eyes of the sniper and the ears and the, and the characteristics so I could see this. I saw it. Look, if you don't get on this right now, you know who's going to try to jump on it? Psychics. Psychics. Uh -huh. They're going to say, I went there. Because, see, when the New York uh, towers collapsed and all of that, God had me and my husband, I and mean, he had a lot of people, but I can only speak for me. We went there, and we stood on top of that big hole in the ground. And I could hear and I could feel the, the disquietedness of those souls. And I prayed that the Lord would give the unsaved just rest, just rest. And I prayed, and I asked God. The souls were crying out. It's not the, it's not the spirit. It's the souls and, and the demons that are in the soul and that emanate from the soulish realm. This is the energy that the witches and the psychics and the New Age operate uh, through and from. So I don't care what anybody says. If, if, if it were possible, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to get that young man because if he could be taken through deliverance, it can all be proven. It can all be proven. But I already saw it. I already, God, let me see the soul transference. And anybody with a seer gift can look at it and see it on TV. It's there. But everybody's so busy looking through the flesh, looking through the flesh. How, how could the death of one man, even although we know that there's a whole uh, race of people, too, the black race and the brown race, that have been um, targeted, have been abused, have been... And I'm not saying it's just black, brown, and some white, too. But not to the extent, not to the extent of America. This happened right in the middle of Pentecost. We had been up from 1159 doing a message and a deliverance for Pentecost. It is not strange that this man was murdered. But the thing that is very strange, his blood crying out from the earth has affected this many people. This many states. Now it's over in England, Great Britain, rioting in other countries. No, the blood of this one man. You see, God only has to have one man on the earth in agreement with him for anything in, that, that will enable him to move. Okay? So here, through his pain, through his agony, through his murder, his blood was spilled on the ground. His bodily fluid on the ground. If we were looking at it from a worldly perspective versus a biblical perspective, you would see all kind of um, mishaps in that 
area from now until forever. And it's the same thing when a person dies tragically, say in a motorcycle accident, and you find out through the years that many, many people died when they hit that curve because there was a supernatural transference. Demons do not die. They don't die. So when you die tragically or, or, or through some kind of uh, a traumatic, painful experience, many, many times that soul lingers. And this is why you have haunted houses. That's what they call them. This is why you have haunted objects. Yeah, That's what they call them. But that in actuality, it's not haunted. It's that soul. It's that soul because it doesn't even know that it's dead. It was such trauma. And that's when you, when it came back, what you said about cumulative, all those people that were murdered. And that's why now it makes sense. When I went to Pine Ridge, I had somebody with me. When we went and stood there, do you know all 140 of the spirits from the dead transferred in this woman? Yeah, they transferred in the woman. And the woman blocked me from praying for Prophet Marcus because I had to get all the demons out of her. I never prayed for him. I never prayed for him. And to this day, I've been trying to figure this out. To this day, when he took my hand and put the big key in my hand and put both of his hands over my hand, and he said, I'm giving you the key. You won't understand it now, but later on you will understand it. And I said, okay. And he began to bless me. And then when I got back home, he sent me a Bible, two keys, and a belt buckle, a silver belt buckle. And I, I didn't know what they meant. I just kept them. But now I understand. And from that moment on, I began to have all kind of different prophetic experiences. But I don't do a lot of talking. I just kept it to myself. I asked different people if they knew what it meant. I even I even asked uh, Curtis Horse. I said, do you know what it means? He said, no. I said, did he tell you what it meant? He said, no. And I just left it alone. Shannon knows, and then about two or three weeks after that is when he passed on Threat Glory. Oh, wow. I've never That's forgotten amazing. any of it. Wow. And now I see, now I see the Lord was telling me, I need you to look at this through sniper eyes. I need you to be the learned characteristics of the Navy SEALs. Those Navy SEALs, that's why they pick special people. But now I know they also have the spiritual endurance. They also have the spiritual gifting operating with the natural. And it's awesome. It's awesome. Watch George Floyd's little brother. It's the baby of the family. He got the soul, including the spirits, from his brother operating through him. And they came in as he sat there on the ground. And then the media said, he's talking to his brother. That's what the media said. He's talking to his brother. They didn't understand. His brother was talking back to him as the transference took place. I had to tell you this this morning, Sheila. So, okay. I want to tie this back into something that you said, though. When when people right now, Erica, and there's so many people that are emailing that I've never even got the volume of emails and, and social media message of people just, they feel like they're walking around in the twilight zone. It's like that little Haley Joe Osmond where the movie, he goes, I see dead people. I feel like I'm even myself seeing zombie people, like just walking around in their mask, walking around in a dystopic trance. It's like the zombie apocalypse, Erica. And now what do we have? We've got rules 
Rules for Radicals straight out of the Sololinsky playbook by the number one community agitator, Mr. First Black President himself, Obama. Now they're fueling again this race playbook. How do we get to the spiritual root of this thing, Erica? Right. 25 years ago, I was praying for black men. I've been praying for black men a long time. And I said, God, why do black men and black people suffer so much? You know what the Holy Ghost told me? He said, go back, Erica, and just read Jesus's route to the cross. I went back and I studied it. You know, they say Jesus carried his cross to Calvary. He didn't. He didn't. Jesus didn't carry his cross to Calvary. A black man did. The blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus now, touched the black man first. And the burden from that touch and carrying that cross, you see, when that Roman soldier looked out through the crowd because Jesus was too weak, too beaten, too, it just hurts me even to think about it. Jesus was incapable of carrying his own cross to Calvary. When that Roman centurion looked out in that crowd, the Bible says he saw a Cyrenian named Simon. Cyrenian was a black man that was there to celebrate, what is it, he was murdered on, what, Passover? They called Simon the Cyrenian. He was a black man. This is history. This is fact. And when he took Jesus' cross, Jesus' blood was already on that cross because the first cross was in the praetorium. And that's when they whipped him and scourged him. That's when they weakened him to the point he couldn't even carry his own cross. And when they picked that Cyrenian out of that crowd to carry Jesus' cross, Jesus' blood was already on that cross. And that blood was then laid upon and it was touched by the Cyrenian. And if you do your history, every outpouring, every move that ever took place, even on the day of Pentecost, it says Cyrenians, Medes, Parthenians, they were there. They were there. We were there. So that agony, you talked about cumulative, that's where it started, on the road to Calvary. That's when it started. And before that, I, I, I didn't research it before that. But all I had to know was that the blood of Jesus, the burden of the cross, was laid on a person of color and so forth and so on. And that burden, that blood, still crying out. And that's why I could identify with George Floyd's blood. That's why God even tried to tell Cain, Cain, sin lieth at the door. But what happened? Satan was there. Satan was there because there was a propensity for sin in Cain because of who his mama and his daddy was. George Floyd, I bet if we look into his history, he was running from God. I bet if I talked to his family members, he was called. <clears throat> he was called. He was ordained. And somewhere he was running from God. But God had a plan. And God had a purpose that George Floyd was going to be his minister in perpetuity. His blood, his blood cried out from that spot there that morning. Satan thought he had won again. He thought he had gotten that black man out of the way. But it was God's plan that his blood was going to speak to a world. One ordinary man, one ordinary woman made extraordinary 
because of the blood of Jesus. I had to just, I had to tell you this, Sheila, because we had talked about it in a different way. That's just amazing, the connection there. Wow. I think there's a root here again. Not only are you a black woman, but you also lived through the march to Alabama. You would have been a a young woman then, the march to... Look here, let me tell you something. I marched to Washington. When Dr. Martin Luther King gave his speech uh, 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 there, I was a young girl. And my my mother, my dad was off, I don't know where he was, but in the army. But my mother gave me permission to go with two senior citizens and they were going to take care of me. And they did. I went on the march to Washington. I was very active. I was only 14. Uh, My my dad, no, my dad was dead. That's where he was. He was dead. Let me tell you something. People don't know it. Brother Joe, my husband, (coughs) was raised in the Black Panther culture in Oakland, California. That's where he's from. Sure. Okay. The only thing that saved him is he was a little Catholic altar boy and his mama and a stick. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you see, in the Bible, God told man to take dominion and rule. He didn't say he didn't tell man to rule over men. He got he told men to rule over his creation. But men, being and women, and being the way they are, they want to rule over people. You can, you see it in a lot of churches. You can see it everywhere. People have been uh, beaten down with so such bad self-images and no self-image and low self-esteem and it's to make them feel bad and to elevate themselves to a false sense of entitlement, a false sense of superiority. Well, you can't operate like that without a false sense of someone else being inferior. Way back in, way back in the 60s, Daniel Patrick Moynihan, I forget, after he wrote this book about the inferiority of, of black people, about the uh, in, uh, the destruction of the family structure. And, you know, they made him, they gave him a big government official job. He was nothing but a therapist racist. Wow. Everybody knows it. Daniel Patrick Moynihan, he went on to become... He had a big job in the government, but he wrote that book. Then when you have these people with this low self-esteem, no self-esteem, and develop this sense of self, it's a false sense of self um, floating around the world. Every Everybody feels like they got to be better than somebody else, or they got to have more. I guess it's part of um, com- competition, but there's a bad spirit of competition. Well, guess what? He became a high-esteemed white guy because he fed into the low self-identity problem of people who want to rule other people. Now, this is not a black and white thing. This is a spiritual thing. Amen. It's a spiritual thing. People wanting to rule and dominate, they know this. The Bible says, to whomever you yield your members, to them you become their slaves. So... When you have people with enslaved mentality, enslavement mentality, they must bring somebody under in order to feed that sick, uh, demonic spirit that they have. And because you see, demons gotta eat, gotta eat. They don't eat natural food like we do. They eat spiritual food. They absorb spiritual energy. I've been trying to figure out how this witchcraft stuff works. And it boils down to one thing. Satan says, he comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. We have been so deceived into thinking he want to steal our money, steal our house, steal our car. The devil don't care nothing about that. He wants your soul. Why? 
because your soul possesses power. And the devil and the demons are power crazy. They're power crazy. They want spiritual power. They have it. They don't have it. But they know that if they can absorb yours collectively, the more that they will have and the more ability that they will have to rule over nations, to rule over people, to rule over counties, just to rule. Sometimes you watch how they treat their dog because the dog is a dog. No, that ain't good enough for them. They got to rule over the dog. So then if they can reduce human beings to a level lower than the dog, look at their sex life. Dominatrix. It's crazy. Crazy. And the fact that demons make people crazy. Arrested development. We've been arrested, all right. I'm saying this, and it's the truth. Everybody that can breathe needs to be delivered from spirits of the airways. Everybody on this earth right now, whether they know it or not, they're feeling the oppression of the prince of the power of the airways. They need to be delivered. And the people running around here afraid. They're afraid from what they picked up to the what? Airways. How do witches, what makes a sorcerer effective? The airways. What makes a wizard effective? The airways. The prince of the power of the air. Satan and his minions. They even got some people deceived. I hear him say things like, oh, devil, go back to hell. The devil ain't in hell yet. Some of those angels were bound up, thrown into the pit. But the devil ain't, ain't, the devil ain't been to hell yet. Not yet. He's in the airways. Prince of the power of the airways. Principalities, powers, thrones, dominions, spiritual wickedness, rulers in high places. That's why some people can't get delivered. That's part of the reason. From Lucifer, who became Satan, who became Beelzebub, who became Leviathan, who became the dragon, Lucifer. And if people would, could just understand. Now, George Floyd's brother willingly allowed familiar spirits to enter him. Every familiar spirit from the spirit. Now, you know, those police officers, we all, our spirit has a soul, lives in a body. That's why he was howling. You got to hear him. You got to hear that yell. You'll recognize it. Because yeah, I was looking at my TV and I, I was busy, so busy looking. And I didn't believe what I was seeing. If you look in the policeman, the one that actually murdered him, the one with his knee on his neck, look at his eyes. He is almost looks like he's having an orgasm as the man is dying. Mm. He got his hand in his pocket, wondering if he was playing with himself and his body language. He was totally enjoying it. But what he was enjoying oh. was the transference of spirit. What he was manifesting was Satan. Steal, kill, destroy. He stole the man's life. He killed him and he destroyed him. Whatever he thought, the devil in the man thought, he was stopping whatever George Floyd's destiny was to be in Christ. But woe be unto him. God's plan. In destroying the works of the devil was that his blood would cry out. And millions of people spiritually heard it. Millions of people were moved by the blood crying out from George Floyd. 
Wow, that's so profound. And that's actually, it's funny because sin ties into this too, because as you said, you know, when you think about what you alluded to there, you know, Cain, Abel, the blood, the sin in the land, the shedding of innocent blood. I'm just not talking about abortion, but the blood that is is crying out in the ground from so much violence and butchering. I mean, Erica, this ties in, doesn't it? You're born in sin. You're born. You're shaped in iniquity. What is iniquity? The sins of your mother and your father. And what is the transgression? Sins that are, 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 are worked against you. You're born into sin. That's why we need a Savior. If we were not born into sin, we would have no need of a Savior. The prince of the power, the little God of this world. We're born with devils. We're born with demons. God is a holy God. God cannot look upon sin. He can't look upon sin. And even after we sin, repent, and come to Christ, God then sees us as perfect, as completed. Because when God looks at us, he sees us through the blood of Jesus. The blood is vital. So yeah, I said this. The victim obtains the victory and becomes victorious in Christ. And But you know what? Half of them don't because the preacher don't know it. The preacher don't want to accept it. The preacher would accept the truth and accept that. He would be running around here, grabbing up, snatching up as many people as he could. Why? Because that is power evangelism. You get a man or a woman saved. You get a man or a woman converted. They don't want to go back. Back to what? They know what they came from. They know what they once were. They know what they are now. And they want more of what they have now. Because once you get saved, once you get converted, once you get transformed, the Bible says, he who thinks back, looks back, and goes back is not fit for the kingdom. You don't want to go back anyway. That's exactly right. And so that's really what we're dealing with. It's got that blood connection, probably that goes back to the unsanctioned, you know, offspring of the giants, because that was an unsanctioned species, not even available for redemption by the blood, by the way. And guess what? That spirit is in a whole bunch of people. I have cast it out. Listen, the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You are a sinner, and make no, no mistake about it, if you have not believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you have not asked him and explained to him your sorrow over hurting him, because they call it his passion, but Jesus was sent here. You know why Jesus was sent here? To bless you and I. But Jesus cannot bless, and the devil cannot curse what God has made. God has made you to be holy. It's it. He's called you to be holy. And in that holiness, you got to see the truth. And you got to tell yourself the truth. And the truth would be, what is stopping me from possessing all that God has rightfully given to me as an inheritance? I was able to dig up 191 promises from God. I was able to dig up 17 promises exclusively to the believer. But you can't have them with sin in your heart. You can't even have them with sin in your mind. You just can't have them until you become sorrowful for what you did to Jesus. We, we caused him to have to go to that cross. And you know what the Jews said when they had an opportunity to release him? They said, let his sins be upon us and our descendants. So you have to repent. 
You have to repent because I don't know who those Pharisees or scribes or Sadducees were. But you really trace your bloodline. It could very well be in your family. You could be paying for something you don't even know what you're paying for. But the answer is to just become godly sorrowful, godly sorry, and understand that Jesus died so you wouldn't have to pay that penalty. But you must. You know what repent means? Change and turn away from. What does God want you to change and turn away from? Everything that's bad for you so that you could then possess his goodness. Won't you bow your head right now, wherever you are? You see, this thing is between you and God, nobody else. And won't you tell the Lord, I'm sorry? And won't you ask him to change you? Because it's pretty obvious you haven't been able to do it for yourself. You know why? We can't. That's why we need a Savior. So in your own words, it's so simple. Lord, forgive me. I am a sinner. Today, I repent. And with my, as a, after my own will, I surrender it to you. Change me. Help me to change me. Show me me so I can change. Change my heart. Change my heart. Because today I repent. Turn away from my sin. In Jesus' name. Amen. So listen, out there, if you are ready, Jesus wants you, as Erica just said. And listen, there's no, the time is now. We're not promised tomorrow, people. God offers the free gift of salvation through his son, Jesus Christ. If you understand the good news of the gospel of salvation through Jesus' death and burial and resurrection, are you ready right now to ask him to be the Lord of your life? Well, here is what I want to do. I want to. I want you to ask God, as Erica just talked about the repentance, ask God to forgive your sins. Now confess now with your mouth according to Romans, that you believe in him and in his sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ, and that you want to live your life for him. What does it say in Romans 10.9? It says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. And if you're ready, we, Erica and I encourage you right now to take that leap of faith and turn your life over. Give your life to Jesus. He paid the tab for your sin. You can pray this right now. It doesn't need to be anything scripted. Just say this from your heart. God, I am a sinner in need of forgiveness through a Savior. I confess right now my sins, and I thank you for Jesus' death on that cross that paid that price for my sin to atone me, Lord, and ask him right now to be the Lord of your life. You could say, you know, something like, Dear Heavenly Father, I'm sorry for all the wrong things I've done. Please forgive me. I choose right now to believe that your son died on the cross for my sins and rose from the dead. And because of this, I will enter into heaven when I die. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. Be my Lord and Savior. I willingly give you my life right now. Father, help me to do your will. And thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen and congratulations, because if you just prayed that, there is much rejoicing in heaven. It says the angels rejoice. So you let me, you let Erica and I know by sending us a, an email, and I'm going to send you a free book on some next steps and how to get you, try to get you linked in with a good group of like-minded believers, a good church, and some next steps. And water baptism is a, a next step. And of course, you know, baptism, the Holy Spirit. So I would like to talk to you more about that, people. And now, Erica, what I really want to do is I want to, um, in fact, Erica mentioned something very, a powerful word that gave me a powerful image the other day when Erica got on our SWAT prayer leadership call. That's all the leaders, not, not the 
prayer teams, the actual leaders of those teams all across, we had Australia and all across the country, Canada, United States, and, you know, internationally. And Erica, you said something so profound, and it, we talked about this when you got off the call, was you mentioned this word, strategic warfare, strategic targeted warfare. And I think spiritual warfare is so, so needed right now. And it is time for the body of Christ, which is the church, to rise up and start doing spiritual warfare and getting deliverance. And Erica, you mentioned this word, and it evoked a powerful imagery. You said a nuclear bomb in the spirit. It is time for us to take our weaponry, our weapons of our warfare, because we are not fighting flesh and blood, but those tactical weapons and going after these demons like Navy SEAL Team 6 snipers. As a general in the body of Christ, which you are, I would love you to lead us in. We'll tag team on some deliverance here, and we'll just pray and ask the Holy Spirit right now to help us, and people can just stand in agreement. You just receive this deliverance today. Again, we mentioned the air. People, just blow out. I want you to take deep breaths, and I want you to blow out. Cough. You might get some Kleenex. You might have some spitting, coughing, pneuma through the breath. Demons go through the air again. So we're, we're talking about the air waves, the air passages, the air, the pneuma, the breath. We're going to be believing for people to get really set free powerfully right now. Amen? Amen. Well, brothers and sisters, the first thing you really need to get rid of is your doubt and unbelief. You see, we all have doubt and unbelief. Even when God is taking us to a higher level, you must get rid of the doubt and unbelief that has you contained where you are. So, I want you to prepare yourself because, see, you're not, you're not going to go any higher in God with the stuff you got right now. So, let's get rid of all of your doubt and unbelief. You got to believe God by faith. So when you get rid of this doubt and unbelief, the level of your faith will increase. Okay? Say, I renounce in the name of Jesus all doubt and unbelief. Doubt and unbelief you're going to get out of me when commanded to go. Okay, let's get ready. I want you to understand these demons have like nests, and the nests reside in your body, so they don't want to come out. And wherever that nest is residing in your body, there's also sickness, disease, and limited death. So doubt and unbelief has to go. Let's get ready. Say, I renounce all doubt and unbelief. Say, doubt and unbelief, get out of me now. You say it. You do it. In agreement with us, right? Doubt and unbelief, get out. Lose that body and come out. Go! All doubt and unbelief in the name of Jesus. Make it come out. Make it come up and make it come out. Go! You do it. It's your body. Get out. Come out of the pit of the bowel. Come on out. Come on out, doubt and unbelief. That's right. Breathe it on out. Breathe it out. Breathe it out. Now we need you to get loose from every spirit that is operating behind any lie from the devil. Every lying spirit. The Lord God rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Go! Get out. Go, you liar. Go! Every lie associated with low self-esteem, low self-worth, no self-worth, every lie that you are valuable in the kingdom of God. We bind them. I bind you and I command you to come out of that body. Go! Get out the body. Go! Every stronghold of every lie attached to doubt and unbelief. Go! In the name of Jesus. Get out. Up and out. Up and out. Up and out of that body. Go! In the name of Jesus. Brothers and sisters, yeah, yeah, keep coughing it up. Cough it up, cough it up, cough it up, cough it up. These demons, when they come in, see, they bring their refrigerator, they stove, they bring their bed, 
<laughs> they bring everything in your body because they think it's their house, but they're a liar. Your body is the temple of God. And God says his temple shall not be defiled. That brings us into what? Defiling spirit. Every spirit unloose to defile your will, your heart, your mind, your intellect, and your emotions. We bind them up right now. We renounce you. Go! Loose the mind. Go! Loose the will. Go! Loose the emotions in the name of Jesus. Go! Get out. Get out. I'm going to hit this one other spirit. I bind up every spirit unloose from any sort, living or dead, to hinder you through any type of necromancy, through any type of divination. We bind up those hindering spirits, stumbling blocks, the Bible calls them. Paul said, there was sent unto me the messenger of Satan to hinder me. So we bind up the messenger of Satan, hindering spirit, stumbling block. Go! Get out. We break your power. Go! Get out right now. Go! We break and destroy that assignment of the messenger of Satan. Go! Get out in the name of Jesus. Lose that body. Go! We terminate your assignment. We cancel every agreement with you. Cough it out. Cough it out. Cough it out. That's the demon that is assigned to every deliverance minister, every anointed man and woman of God to hinder you from being able to go and possess the promises of God. Okay, Sheila, turn it back. That's a really good word there because the doubt and unbelief is so important, folks. Right now, we bind up all those fears, spirits, and command them to go. All fear through spells and incantation, hexes, vexes, hoodoo, voodoo, those blocking spirits, those thwarting spirits, distortion, the lies, the mind control. You get out of the body now. Let's go move. Come on, Antichrist spirit. Move out of the people right now. Leviathan, yeah. we break your head and tail and we command you to go. Abaddon, Apollyon, you go too. Come on, we give you leave, you spirits of oppression, the depression, the suppression, all these, like what she said, George allowed these familiar spirits. We bind these familiar spirits and command them to get out these generationally inherited familiar spirits. You go. Come on, trauma. Go. All familiar spirits and the trauma, the, the cumulative trauma. Go. Tormenting spirits. All these evil soul ties and, oh, this, oh, white privilege, black, this, white, that. No, like Erica said, it's a spiritual problem we bind that mass mind control the psychic mind power the witchcraft mind control the witchcraft chaos come on get out witchcraft chaos we break your power witchcraft chaos witchcraft mayhem all the spirits of mayhem division and discord the strong men of divide and conquer we come against all those spirits of the socialism and the communism fascism antifa those those listen people those are wizards behind those groups like george soros a wizard obama and all these people fanning the, the flames of race baiting, race war. We break the power of this thing called racism, racial divide. In Jesus' name, we bind and break the power of the spirit of death and destruction and disruption and clamorous protest, violence, hostility. And we bring to naught right now every evil practitioner of the kingdom of darkness and these human spirits that are traveling by astral projection to fan these flames. We break your power right now. We lose civil war in, in the enemy camp right now. We bind you, you foul spirits and we command you to get out 
all the stuff, the grief in the, in the family line, the sorrow, the grief, the pain, the forebears, like the heart, the mind, the spirit of survivors of people with hundreds of years, 400, 500, all the way back. We break the power of that, like just like the Native Americans and the black community, all those spirits of the bound up self-esteem and self-image and self, like I, the white man has brought me down. We break that word curse right now because that's not true. These are demons, the supernatural spiritual insurgents tearing up neighborhoods we command you to cease and desist we issue a cease and desist order right now in the spirit and we command you foul spirits to shut it down in the name of jesus christ the name above every name i break that power of that tearing up the communities and thinking they're doing something that's not the way to do it that is a disgusting foul spirit erica you go ahead take it away in the name of jesus we destroy the spirit of Willie Lynch. We oh, destroy yeah. the spirit of Willie Lynch. Yes. We break your stronghold right now in the name of Jesus. All the way back to the plantation, all the way back to Jamaica, where Willie Lynch had his plantation, and all the way back to Great Britain, where Willie Lynch was dispatched from. And then we break the power of him coming into America and training and unloosing these spirits as to how to contain a race of people. In the name of Jesus, we break the spirit of Willie Lynch. Go, go, go. In the name of Jesus, we sprinkle and apply the blood of Jesus. The blood prevails. The blood of Jesus prevails. The saving blood, the cleansing blood, the delivering blood of Jesus. Willie Lynch, the Lord God, rebuke you, you spirit of oppression of the mind. Yes. Go. We break and destroy the spirit of the plantation owner. In the name of Jesus, we break the spirit of cumulative wounding. We break it all the way back to the Tower of Babel, where witchcraft was first unloosed on every tribe and every nation. All the way back to Cain and Abel, where Satan incited a man to kill a man, his brother. All the way back to the Garden of Eden, where Satan incited and then all the way from Eve to Adam, we break domination. We break cumulative pain. We break every spirit that was unloosed on the trail of tears where the Cherokee Nation, in an attempt to wipe them out, had to walk through the rain, through the sleet, through the snow and the sun, and their blood was shed through the trail of tears. We bind up all you airway spirits of misery, Poverty, lack, and deprivation. And in the name of Jesus, who has all power in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, we bind you up. We renounce your deeds, your acts, your works, your thoughts, and your intent. In the name of Jesus, we say, let God's people go, go, go. In the name of Jesus, every layer, every layer from every generation, Every stronghold from every generation, the Lord God rebuke you. Go, loose God's people. Go, loose God's people. We break the power of every false religion, every false mindset. Loose God's people. Let God's people go. All the way back 
all the way back. Okay, Sheila, go ahead. Yeah, and right now, all unresolved grief and impaired or delayed mourning. Like, Erica just talked about, you know, these native massacres, like Wounded Knee and Trail of Tears and Sitting Bull's Descendants more than a century after the massacres. You know, all this unresolved grief. I break the power of that thing and I command that thing to get out of God's people now. All impaired or delayed mourning. Go! Prince of the power of the air, we bind you and all associated spirits of that right now. We command you to go. All the spirits that are crying out, the blood crying out, the shedding of innocent blood, even through abortion, but not just that, through murder and mayhem. We break the power. Go! Get out of the people now. Come out. Go! Get out of the people now. Come out. All that that intergenerational response to trauma, the, the, the psychic numbing, the anger, the elevated mortality rates and the suicide and the mortality rates and all this premature death and destruction. We break your power and command you to get out of the yeah. people. All those, the pain, it like emanates from the massive group trauma. That's what it is. Thank you, Lord. Group trauma, massive group trauma. We break your power. The intergenerational massive group trauma. Yeah. We break all those associated spirits and command them to get out of the body right now. Come out of the cells. Come out of the yeah. blood. Yeah. Come out of the heart of the people yeah. in the name of Jesus. Come out of the DNA yeah. right now. We speak to the DNA and we yeah. break that power the prince of the power of the air even off the dna every one of you yep. foul unclean spirits that's even in that whole threefold cord of bitterness anger and rage you come out of the people now we break your power go now in the name of jesus yep. right now the bible talks about in first corinthians 4 5 it says therefore judge nothing before the time until the lord comes who will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and then shall men have praise of God. We bind up, we renounce, we destroy, we break, cut, and sever every hidden work of darkness operating in your life. Spirits that are on assignment against you, they were on assignment against your mother, your father, they were on assignment against your grandfather, your grandmother, they were assignment against your great-grandmother, great-grandfather, great-great-great-great-great. We command all you spirits to come under subjection. And in the name of Jesus, we bind you up and we command you to bow, 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 bound and in chains to the pit until the day of judgment by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We break all spirit family connections. We destroy the power of hell. Yes. We destroy the power of disobedience. In the name of Jesus, lose God's people. Bow. Bow, you rebellious devil. Bow in the name of Jesus. The Lord God rebuke you, Satan. The Lord God rebuke you, Satan. Loose the airway. Loose the airway. We sprinkle and apply the blood of Jesus over the airway. In the name of Jesus. We sprinkle and apply the blood of Jesus over every demonic evil portal from hell. And the blood closes them up. We close those portals today. Lord God, let your blood flow. Let your blood flow over these areas, shutting those portals. Let let those devils be trapped and let them come no more in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And we just laminate this 
powerful, powerful prayer with the blood of Jesus. We laminate God's people with it and apply the blood of Jesus to God's people, this prayer. And Father, we give you the thanks because you just, yeah. God put this show together. You wouldn't believe how it just came together, um, you know, late. And it just, what it wasn't scripted, it wasn't planned, but this is all God and this is most powerful. This prayer tonight, folks, is um, I just believe that this is absolutely so powerful. And right now, I just thank you, Father God. We give you the glory, the honor, yeah. and the praise, Father God. You are worthy to be praised. Yeah. We give you the honor and we thank you, Lord, that you gave us the utterance and, and just such a moving in our spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And thank you, Sister Erica, for all your, your incredible ministry. I want people to know that are new. Of course, I can't imagine someone not knowing the, the amazing Dr. Erica Shepherd. As I talked about a little bit of her bio at the beginning of the show, I want you to give out your website and how folks can listen to you on your Spreaker and you give out all your details, Erica. They can go to Ted Lines. That's the name of our ministry. Ted, Transformational Extensive Deliverance. We're under Jesus Believers Church. That's the name of our church. But it's Ted Line that's been out here on this battle. You can um, email us at tedline.com. Our website is tedline.com. Our email is, is tedlineministry at outlook.com. We kind of like the cleanup people. Yeah, a a guy said to me just today, you know, Sheila, everything about you is always about demons. You see a demon under every rock. And I said, no, I usually see more than one. But the thing about that, Erica, is that, you know, they say, why do you always talk about the spiritual side? Well, because we feel sometimes like we're the only laundromats in town that are really addressing this stuff. But Erica, I want to just personally say on air how much I appreciate your ministry. Folks, if you have stopped going to church and you're looking for a worthy place for your tithes and offerings let me tell you something what you just got tonight is worth more money than gold and i'm telling you you go and sow into erica shepherd's ministry you do that for me and you do that for god because this woman is one of the most i can say that i know a lot of people on this planet and a lot of godly men and women and i'll tell you what this woman is at the top of my list she is a powerful woman of God. And I am honored to be your friend, Erica. I call you my friend, my sister. For whatever reason, I'll tell you what, every time I talk to you, whether it's spirits behind pandemic or anything else, you know, over the years, we've done exposés on Tom Brady and witches. And every time we get together, the demons tremble. They do. They do. And I'm glad about it. It couldn't make me happier. I'm glad about it. They need to tremble. And the believers need to stop trembling and stop being afraid of them. And yeah, Sheila, we do see a demon behind every door because (laughs) what? People's heart is the door and they have demons in their hearts. But no longer will it be that way because God is causing the turnaround. Oh, amen. The devil's going to tremble. The devil's going to tremble. Amen, sister. I'll tell you something. God wants his people delivered and set free. And that's why we we're out here doing what we're doing, Erica. And like, again, thank you so much, Erica, for coming on this very powerful program. All right. Good night. God bless you. I love you.